Hey, Hyvie and Steve here with a quick message about our amazing sponsor, Timeless Pints Brewery. You know, Timeless Pints is local right here in Southern California, off the 405 freeway, Cherry Avenue exit, right next to the Long Beach Airport. And they are open and filling growlers during the coronavirus crisis. Chris and Mary are there during the week. Stacy is there on the weekends. And they can fill your growler so that you can stay home do what you're supposed to be doing for coronavirus and uh, enjoy your timeless pints in the comfort of your own home while socially distancing and keeping everyone else safe and healthy from your germs. They've got all different kinds of beer, stouts, porters, light beer, dark beer, Belgians, and it's all delicious. They make it here on site at Timeless Pints right here in Lakewood. What more do you want? Go down, get your growler filled, and enjoy the best beer in Southern California in the comfort of your own home. For hours and beer availability, you can look them up on Facebook at Timeless Pints Brewing Company or follow them on Twitter at Timeless Pints. And when you go down, say hi to Stacy or Chris or Mary. Make sure you tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Iceland Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. You know, if you've ever played with a Star Wars toy or read a Star Wars comic, there's one man that you need to thank, and it's not George Lucas. And you're going to learn all about this man tonight because you have found the Wretched High Podcast for Friday, July 3rd, 2020. Happy Independence Day if you're listening on Saturday the 4th. Uh, episode 155 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire cast is reunited, and it feels so good. Woo! Yeah! I'm back. I made it back, guys. I, 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 I'm out of carbonite. Did you just take my job? I did. <laughs> <laughs> they took their germ. Sorry, sir. You've been laid off. Furloughed. T- furloughed. Temporarily. Furloughed. Yes. Yeah, temporarily. furloughed. You never know what's going to happen in the future. I'm probably going to have to miss some more, but that's okay. I'm here tonight, and I am fired up. I haven't talked to you guys about Star Wars and other stuff in quite a while, so we've got a lot of catching up to do, uh, and we're going to start it off with some introductions. He is the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Steve T is in Tyler tonight because you are back in the saddle again, son. That's I what know. I'm saying. So good to have you back. It was, uh, it was you know what? I have a newfound respect for what you do, Steve, because it is a hard job keeping these yahoos in line, trying to run a show, make it entertaining for the folks out there. But I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that uh, you guys have all decided to tune in and listen until the return. Stevie <laughs> B. Oh, and I've got my soundboard. I've got everything Steve. lined up. That guy tried to take my job. How do you let Daniels in here, you guys? Come on. It attracted me. Oh, man, we got to get him out of this studio. What is he still hanging around for? Well, it, it's actually a treat for me. 
No, son of a bitch. You just you get out of here, Daniels. Get out. I was far from excited. Don't let the podcast door hit you in the ass as you're as you're as you're walking out, you blimey son um, of a bitch. No, not so much. <laughs> wow. All right, all right. Okay, Anthony, you can stay. It's fine. You can stay. Ooh. Sit down. It, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, that's going to get uncomfortable. Uh, also on the show tonight, he is a lifelong MF and Star Wars fan, Evansky. Oh, my God. Steve is back. Holy shit. This is awesome. Steve, I just got one thing to say. I'm loaded up and trucking. We're going to do what they say can't be done. we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound. Let's just watch this whole fucking hive run. Oh, yeah, baby. Nice. Oh, I see what you did oh, there, sir. <laughs> well, also on the show tonight, he is the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. Hey, hi. How we doing, guys? Doing great, buddy. How good. are you? Dude, I am so good now that you're back. I've missed you. Oh. I've missed you so hard. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Damn, bite, bite the, the pillow, pillow, baby. Bite the pillow, boys. I'm going where's to die. Uh, you right, get the warm fuzzy, Steve, and I get the fuck you, Scott, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Scott. <laughs> and finally. I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't un- wear underwear. <laughs> no. No. Oh, God, I hope my employer doesn't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Where do you derive the authority to regulate human breathing? <laughs> Dave! What you say is the political dogma that they're trying to shove down our throats, and it's disgusting. Under no circumstances. Every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. <laughs> Should you ever Do you believe you can override God's divine plan for our lives? Oh boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I mean We will get together and do a citizen's arrest on every single human being that goes against the freedom of choice. Ever! You cannot mandate you literally cannot mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. God, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Call him. Every single one of you are going to get punished by God. <laughs> wow. Harry. You cannot escape God. I'm going to say that again. You cannot escape God, not even with the mask or six feet. Potter. Are you insane? (laughs) (laughs) That was a parade of people I would love to socially distance from, even if there wasn't a pandemic. Are you insane? (laughs) I need that sound, by the way. Uh, Welcome to the show, Dave. You know, you you cut off that first one, because if I remember her correctly, and she, she is on my hit parade, she doesn't wear a mask for the same reason she doesn't wear underwear, and it's because <laughs> things gotta breathe. Yes, there. That was that was the. I I, I did. I, there were so many to choose from, Dave. There were so many to choose from, and I was doing it quickly. I literally did it in the twenty minutes before the show. So that, that's that's some good work, there, Greg. <laughs> that is some very good work. But oh my god, 
Welcome, everybody. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you, wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us. We are back. We are five by five. My favorite rebel scum, Stevie B, is out of the carbonite, at least for this show, at least for this show. The Mandalorian might put him back in there, but so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And hey, I would love to say, hey, everything's opening back up and we're getting back to business as usual, but not quite yet. So wait a minute. Well, Are you insane? The podcast is back to is getting back to usual, but the not podcast much else, is getting man. back to usual, and I'm just throwing it out there. You know, hey, you can catch if you're finding us for the first time. There are a good 154 episodes that you can go back and listen to to fill in your time as things are getting ramped back down, and you're being asked to stay home and you know not go out and potentially kill other people unknowingly if you're a carrier of the uh, of the COVID-19. Thank you. That's so, so, <laughs> so Scott is, is modeling what everyone should be doing when they go outside. He's wearing a mask. It's actually a Star Wars mask. Great print. I love that uh, so pattern. I, I found one actually that I want to get, but the website uh, says it takes a Discover card and then won't actually let me charge it to my Discover card, which is very annoying. But oh. it, it, it's a mask that Great. literally says... Uh, situation normal. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we should be selling those. That's so good. good. Uh, well, how, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you've ever worn a mask outside and gotten crap for it, for someone that says you shouldn't be wearing a mask, uh, give us a call on the Wretched Hive hotline and tell us all about that. That uh, number is 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell hive. You're goddamn right. And you can also find us at the on Facebook, actually, at uh, the Wretched Hot. Wait, what is it? Oh, shoot. I forgot. Oh, man. Uh, at Wretched That's the wretched, wretched Hive, isn't it? Wait, Facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive podcast. That's uh, on Facebook. On Facebook! That's right. And, oh, uh, man, that guy. You can also uh, look us up on the Twitter. We're at, at Wretched Hive Pod. Uh, and we would love to hear from you. It's great to be back. And uh, guys, before we uh, we we get into the news, uh, you know, much has been made about the fact that I was frozen in uh, in carbonite. And um, much discussed I, on the show. Much discussed and, on the show. I appreciate you guys having my back on that. Very well protected, I might add. Very well protected. Did, yep. did not have to socially distance from you while you were in carbonite. And uh, I thought I would share this because. You know, I was hanging up on the wall in Java's Palace, and and one person. <laughs> was one your name Art? Really? Was you your name Art? Around in the slave one. One person came to save me, guys. Ula. Uh, and and they happened to have an audio recorder. Oh. When they unfroze me from carbonite. This is because that, that seems completely plausible. Everything. <laughs> it's all for the show, right? Uh, very show aware, wretched hive podcast aware. This person, uh, longtime co-host of the show, came to rescue me, and we have audio footage of the event. So I'm going to play this. This is <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> the setup. This is rare footage of me getting unfrozen and being rescued by one of you. See if you can pick out who it was. Here we go. <laughs> I can't see. Your eyesight will return in time. Where am I? Jabba's palace. 
Who are you? Someone who loves you. Scott! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Scott came and rescued me. We have oh, audio dude, I'm, proof. I, I'm always there for you, bro. I'm always. <laughs> I appreciate that. Steve's first question. First question when he was popped out of carbonite. Are you here to rescue me? And the answer he heard. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got some news to talk about. Let's get into it, guys. From ABC News World Headquarters. This is ABC World News Tonight. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Oh, man. Well, so much has been... Uh, so much of our lives have been changed because of this darn COVID-19... And still changing. ...pandemic thing. And yeah. And still changing. So it's very, very, you know, fluid. Things are changing all the time, rapidly, constantly changing. We can do this. We can't do that. We can't do this now. We can do that. What's wrong with those public health people and the messaging? Come on. Man, I wish they would just get a podcast together or something and figure it out. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's, it's almost like this virus is unknown and unpredictable. You know, as we record the show just today, Wednesday the 1st, we now have restaurant closures. Uh, new, but Basically, most indoor things that you can do are now verboten. Until we get this, until we get this virus under control again, and if you go out, please wear a mask and please socially distance and don't be rude to people. Uh, don't be rude to people by not wearing a mask. You're protecting. And stop setting off fucking fireworks at nine o'clock at night. You're an <laughs> asshole. Nobody thinks you're funny. You're helping other people. You're doing something for others by wearing a mask. Uh, and the Wait, comic. Where, do you, where do you get the right, <laughs> Steve? Where do you get the right to undo God's will? Terribly rude. Are you insane? Uh, Comic-Con people. <laughs> Comic-Con is doing something for others. Uh, by Actually, we're, we're going to have a Comic-Con at home. And Greg, I know you have this story queued up. What's going on uh, with Disney Plus and Comic-Con at home? Well, we did, you know... We did kind of speculate on what the plans were last time, Steve. Um, you weren't here to join in on that. Thanks for bailing out on us. But uh, in my defense, I was in carbonite hanging on the wall of Java's Palace. So screw you. But you okay. Could have, you could have force projected something, I'm sure. You've got that power. Yeah. Don't don't think you don't. Um, but so yeah, just just today on the first of July, uh, Disney Plus made an announcement, and I think we speculated a little bit on how it would kind of take place. But the uh, the announcement that came out was that they have three virtual plant panels that will be shown uh, over the weekend of July 22nd through 26th. So it's happening this month. Uh, and I, I believe they'll be shown exclusively on Disney+. Plus. So that's kind of cool. We talked about what kind of format it would take, and you know, it obviously would have to be some type of online presence, but it's not just trailers and and just you know announcement after announcement after announcement broadcast out to youtube it's some uh, it's some actual content of things that are coming out um we got an announcement for a phineas and ferb movie does that excite anybody i love phineas and ferb yeah, yeah. so they well, they, well, they, they I, did have 
will iCarly be part of that or no? <laughs> <laughs> you know what Phineas and Ferb did have a I think it was a two-part Star Wars special that's, that's right. very entertaining uh, I finally got around to watching it on the Disney Plus somebody was kind enough to make a, a DVD of it they're like you have to watch this and I just never got around to it but I finally did on the Disney Plus and uh, super entertaining Lots of singing, lots of dancing, lots of cartooning. Uh, very, very, very entertaining. I, I recommend you check it out while you're doing that. But in the meantime, there's a new movie coming out. And it's got uh, a couple of directors, some of the talent behind it. Gillian Jacobs, she was on the show Community um, at a Netflix mm-hmm. show called Love, I believe is what it was called. And then Paul Shear. these are the two directors. Paul Shear, host of probably my favorite podcast other than The Wretched Hive, a podcast called How Did This Get Made, where they just talk about bad movies. If you haven't listened to How Did This Get Made, as soon as this ends, go listen to How Did This Get Made. Pick any episode. It's hilarious. Number one Wretched Hive uh, podcast fan, Chris Evans, always talks about How Did This Get Made. He loves that show. So good. So funny. So yeah, the guy who's on that podcast is one of the directors of the movie. Also announced, also announced, a project that uh, it's a it's a it's a project called Marvel Six One Six, and I wish I knew what this was. It just all it does is it explores how Marvel's rich legacy of stories, characters, and creators exist within the world outside your window. Huh. I don't know. Uh, that that yeah. sounds a, sounds a little iffy to me. But what I am excited about, and I think Dave will back me up on this one, is the third thing they announced is there's going to be a, a host panel of what is going to be a scripted original series from National Geographic on the right stuff. Dave, what do you think about that? That's interesting. That got my attention. Exactly. So it'll be so the panel that's going to be hosted by former NASA a- astronaut Dr. May Jemison and will feature cast members of the upcoming show Patrick Adams, Jake McDorman, and Colin O'Donohue, who are three guys I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm I, down I, for that too. I will also say, just as a an aside, the original Right Stuff book by, by Thomas Tom, Tom, Tom Wolf. Wolf. Mm. If you have not read that, you should do yourself a favor and go out and read it. It has a very unique writing style that I'm not even sure I could describe, but it is a joy to immerse yourself in. So, and the reason I I I I, I specifically called out Dave, and if you've never heard of the Right Stuff, it's a movie from probably 1984. I think 80, 83, but maybe 84. Okay. 83, 84, and I'm just going, I'm just winging it. It's, it really is one of my favorite movies. It's, it's a really long movie, and it's really all about the Mercury astronauts and the birth of the space program. Um, it begins talking about Chuck Yeager, who's the first, uh, first man to break the sound barrier, and then goes through all the way up into Americans launching into, this, into space for the first time. It's very entertaining. It's a, it's a fast three-hour movie. It's one of the fastest three-hour movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but it's really good. It, you know, if you want to feel good about America, you know, this is the movie you go watch. Yeah, no, you've, got, you've, got, you've got Scott Glenn in it. You've got... Uh, uh, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. And Harris. Ed Harris. You've got Jeff Goldblum. It... it a lot of guys, when they were still really young in their careers, playing the, these astronauts and these these NASA workers, and it is an amazing accomplishment. I believe it won an Academy Award for editing because they they have the actors playing the real figures, you know, from NASA days, but they mix it in with actual footage from the time period, from the late '50s and, and early '60s, and trying to make all of that work and be cohesive and have a consistent look when you're using 
you know, staged theatrical film and sometimes newsreel footage and have it all blend together seamlessly. That's why it won an Academy Award for uh, for its work. But amazing film. Love it. One of my favorites. And like I said, the original book, though, well, well worth reading. I'll have to check it out. I have never read it, but so I'll, I'll have to check it, it out. It tells a great story of how Pete Conrad uh, uh, washed out of being a Mercury 7 astronaut because he got tired of all the psychological screenings that they were going through. So at one point towards the end, he smuggled a he stole a psychiatrist's notebook and pencil and smuggled it into his session and uh, started asking the psychiatrist question and taking notes the entire time instead of <laughs> <laughs> that. That didn't go over so well. And he wasn't a Mercury 7 astronaut. He was in the, uh, the, the new nine class that followed. All right. So the right stuff was nominated for eight Oscars. Uh, best picture, best actor in a supporting role for Sam Shepard, best cinematography, best art direction. And then it won four Oscars, best sound, best film editing. So that's huge. Uh, best effects, sound effects editing, and then best music. Bill Conti won from yeah. the yeah. score. Yeah, a, a, a great score in that movie. Just an absolute, yeah, it's one of those really rousing, you know, really pump you up when you need to kind of scores, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm joining in on this because uh, I know you guys are having a, a little powwow chat on this, but it is absolutely in my top 20 greatest films of all time. It is a fantastic long three hour three hour plus movie, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? It's over three hours. It could be. It could be. But it go it go it really does go so quick. But but Dave brought brought up the fact that you should really seek out this book and read it by Tom Wolfe. Tom Wolfe, if you don't know this, this is what's fascinating about this, is he wrote some of the craziest shit that's out there. And here we get this incredible documentary on the space age, the whole the, this whole movement. But he wrote the electric Kool-Aid acid test. It is one of the craziest books. And then you read <laughs> this whole history of the U.S. and the space program by the same guy. It's it's fascinating reading. Seriously. Definitely check it out. He also wrote The Bonfire of the Vanities, which became a movie in the late 80s. And a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, well, was, that movie uh, was so bad, our forces dropped videotapes of it on a rack during the first Gulf War. That's how bad that movie was. <laughs> it, is a, it, is a famously, it is famously a movie gone awry, that's for sure. What is the worst, the worst Bruce Willis movie? Um, Bonfire of the Vanities or Hudson Hawk? Hudson oh, Hawk. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Hudson Hawk is because Bonfire of the Vanities, you can see what was supposed to be there. Hudson Hawk, you're just like, what happened <laughs> what, here? What the hell is happening? Uh, right stuff weighs in at three hours and thirteen minutes. By the way, just to clarify yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But so, it, it is it's well worth the trip. Greg is right to be lauding this. Scott is right to be lauding this. If you haven't seen it, honestly, shame on you if you like movies. And you know, if you're at all interested in the space program, and I know it's kind of nobody really knows what's going on with the space program. It's kind of a joke with the space force these days too. But there was a time when it meant something to this country, and it and it and it kind of helped. It helped, you know, it helped with the progress of the of, of our of ourselves as a power. So um, I think you know, it's it's an important time to to reminisce on. By the way, has when, anyone when, seen? Has anyone seen the series Space Force? I actually have some of it. Oh I wasn't wasn't all that impressed with it. Actually, I oh, thought it was okay. just kind of just kind of ho hum. It wasn't yeah, bad. Funny. Yeah, but you know what? It almost made me feel like that's exactly how we're treating this nowadays. It's not the right stuff. It's like what the hell is happening? And that's exactly what's happening. It's yeah. a total clusterfuck. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. 
So again, guys, that's uh, July 22nd through 26th. I'm not sure in what order or how. And I've got fireworks at my house, too, Nico. There you go. Um, I'm not sure what order or how they're going to be releasing these things, but uh, it looks like on Disney Plus we'll get some some good content for that weekend to celebrate Comic-Con at home. Excellent. That sounds like fun. So are, are you going to have to buy a subscription or like buy a ticket to view this stuff or like is there are they are they making money off of it? Are they streaming it live? I I have no, you know none of that stuff is even announced not not how it's going to be shown where it's what platform like Disney Plus made the announcement so I'm making an assumption and it's probably a big assumption on my part that it's going to be shown on Disney Plus mm. but uh, that's not it's, that's not explained at all it's just they're participating um they're they're joining in with Comic-Con at Home hosted by San Diego Comic-Con with virtual panels for three of its upcoming titles that's 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 the extent of the announcement. Okay. Well, Greg, real quick before we move on to the next one, you brought up that other series, and I just want to point out, isn't and maybe Dave can help out on this. Earth six one six is our Earth, right? If we we're talking about Marvel expanded. Oh man, if we're talking the the, the alternate worlds now, I'm 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 at a complete. I'm gonna have to rely on Dave for that because when it comes to which Earth is fucking where, good God. Yeah. I, I am pretty sure that in the Marvel Universe, in the old Marvel Universe, because the uh, the John Hickman uh, Secret Wars series of about five or six years ago reset everything. But I'm pretty sure under the uh, the old map of the multiverse, Earth 616 was the mainline Earth Marvel Universe. Okay. Yep. I just couldn't remember. Sorry about that. Well, Greg, you mentioned um, Comic-Con. And uh, this next story is a direct connection with that. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show that there is a man that we owe a great debt of thanks to. If you've ever played with a Star Wars toy, if you've ever read a Star Wars comic book, uh, you owe a huge debt to this man who passed away in May. Uh, His name was Charles Lippincott. Oh, yeah. Charles Lippincott was a publicist. And uh, he, he passed away on May 19th, 2020, at the ripe old age of 80 years old. Charles Lippincott changed fandom and changed the way we consume media forever. Uh, he's famous for basically getting merchandising, uh, merchandising tie-in deals with companies like Marvel for the comic books and Kenner. He's the guy that connected George Lucas with Kenner. He's the reason there are oh. toys. He, sounds like George Lucas owes that guy a debt of gratitude. No right. doubt. Uh, but the, the thing he did for Star Wars is even more impressive than that, guys. He was hired to promote Star Wars before the movie came out. So we've all seen those pictures of like uh, Man's Chinese Theater back in the day when the lines were like around which the block. The, on- which theater, Steve? On opening day, where there was like lines around those those black and white pictures, you know, down Hollywood Boulevard. Um, Charles kind of picture, Lippincott Steve? is the reason. I, I think he meant Grauman's Chinese Theater, right, Dave? Is that what he was talking about? I, that, that, might, that might have been it. That might have been it. Yeah. Was it Grauman's back then or was it Mans? It I was Mans. Okay. All right. So, do you ever wonder why there there was like a line of a thousand people down the block? On, on opening day, 
for this. Not for really, Stalin. because I think all of us here at the Hive know why. But Steve, why don't you tell us? Because well, the Democrats made all those people homeless. <laughs> why no, Steve? Tell us about it. Because Charles Lippincott was hitting the conventions in 1976 promoting Star Wars. So get this. This is a story on um, denofgeek.com. Title is How Star Wars Hype Man Charles Lippincott Changed Fandom Forever. So he he went around in 1976 to all the sci-fi conventions with a slideshow of stills from the film uh, and a black and white poster that said Star Wars coming to a galaxy coming to your galaxy this summer so i'm going to show you guys you you i know we've all seen this post oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right you know so, I, I wonder if he's the guy who's always in that that photo of comic-con 76 that's sitting at that one table where nobody's I, standing around I, <laughs> I, that I, is I, him. Yes, that's him. that one table with the, the banner that ralph mcquarrie made for yeah. star wars yep. that, yeah. you, that you and i steve saw in person we we were a mere feet away from that very banner up at Rancho Obi-Wan. That's exactly right. So in 1976, Charles Lippincott, in addition to signing with Marvel, I mean, talk about a successful year, uh, gets Kenner on board, Marvel on board. And so he went to three key conventions in 1976 with the goal of promoting Star Wars. Uh, Westercon, in July 1976 in L.A. I don't think that's around anymore. Westercon. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con that same month. And then perhaps most boldly, Worldcon in September of 1976. Now, the reason that that one's uh, special is that he went to that con with Mark Hamill, Gary Kurtz as his guests. So it was Mark Hamill, Gary Kurtz, and Charles Lippincott took the stage and you can look this up on YouTube. There's video of this, of this um, presentation that they did. Wow. Um, and what's, what's amazing about it is uh, Worldcon is actually the name of the convention that holds, that hosts the Hugos, which is the sort of bookish science fiction fantasy award. That is the most coveted award that you can win. If you win a Hugo and you're a sci-fi writer, that's huge, right? So yes. he was promoting the film to this literary audience. And in the video, people, uh, after he shows the stills, it's really interesting. You can you can watch it on YouTube. People are calling out. They're like, oh, we need more like scantily clad women like, <laughs> you know, on the cover. And, and he flat out shut it down. He's like, we're not promoting sex in this movie. We're promoting science fiction. And people were all up in arms. And you can see Gary Kurtz sort of like cringing, like, oh, man, people are hating this. But Lippincott knew better. Lippincott is sitting there grinning because he knows he's starting to create this buzz. And um, uh, it, so he he went around. He, he went to the cons. He went to the college campuses. He went to the nerdy sort of clubs on college campuses and these cons and got everybody fired up about Star Wars and that's why there were those lines on day one when the movie came out and the rest is history. Um, so we owe quite a debt of gratitude to Charles Lippincott. Um, this article uh, goes as far as to say that um, there probably would not be people writing online about Star Wars or maybe even Star Wars podcasts. So we owe the five of us cheers and Godspeed to Charles Lippincott 
May the force be with you, sir. Ah, ha, ha, there it is. I'm like, like I had a drink somewhere. Right, here we go. Cheers. There we go. There we go. Come by. All right. Hey, I, I need to add a few facts to this because uh, there's a few Comic Con geeks on this podcast. Alternative podcast, facts, Scott. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. This is Hive Hivian facts here. Uh, the pot, the uh, Comic Con you're talking about, Steve, for San Diego was not actually held at the convention center back then. Oh. It was still too small. It was held at the El Cortez Hotel in 1976. It did not transfer over to the what was now known as the convention center until 1979. Mm. Also, Charles also was the uh, promoter for other films like Alien and Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yep. So and Westworld also. And yes, Westworld. Oh, yeah. So this guy had a uh, a serious career, and certainly helped make George Lucas a very rich man. Lippincott just sounds like a made up name, though, doesn't it? Like it sounds like a character in some kind of British Downton Abbey type story. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Terry Gilliam film, man. Mr. What, what the hell it does? Mister Lippincott to see you, sir. Sounds like it should be that sort of context. Mrs. Lippincott, we need to polish the silverware. Yes. Okay, who on this show would not want to go back in a time machine, a DeLorean, to 1976 when it's in a tiny little like convention hall at the El Cortez Hotel in San Diego instead of the 150,000 people per day which Comic-Con is now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> at, at this point, if I just get to go out and like rub elbows with the human race, I would be fine with that. Yeah, you know... Well, even as that that aside, rubbing rubbing elbows aside, um, even back to like the the late '80s, you know, early '90s, Scott, when we were going in our in our late teens and early twenties years, and Dave, probably yeah. you too, where where you could actually go down there just on a whim, get a ticket, go in, and just hang out for the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so my first Comic Con was ninety five, ninety six. And you're right. I walked up. My friends were down there, and they're like, "Come on down." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. I and think just... I, I think I think might have been mine was 88, 89, or something like that. Um, okay. And yeah, it was just literally just go down there and just went and just just did it for a day. It wasn't a a, a big long weekend spectacle thing, and and it was a, a just I had a blast. It was great. Well, and so Lippincott also changed the way that that movie studios use these cons because there yeah. were before this. The, the first blockbuster, of course, we all recognize was Jaws in 75. But Star Wars was the first planned box uh, blockbuster. Like he used the Comic-Con audience for the first time to promote the movie in that way. And now you wouldn't you you, you wouldn't think of a studio releasing a sci-fi movie without it being at one of these cons like yeah. he invented that. Yeah, the large yeah. the large panels that that take up all of Hall H, you know, their their marketing plans are 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 built around presenting it at Comic Con, right? Well, let, let's be fair, as it, and I agree with you, Steve and and Greg also, but that took a really long time to catch on. Mm-hmm. Um, you could still, like Greg was just talking about, you could still buy tickets the day of the event in the '90s and just walk into Comic Con, but the Hall H concept was really building around that time, and it probably wasn't until the late 90s yeah, that the real yeah. movie mm. industry picked up on it. So it took them a good 20 years to like 
figure that out. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, it changed overnight. It did change over that 20-year time frame. But it was shocking when it did change. When things were sold out, mm-hmm. the day they went on sale online and all that stuff, it was a, just a world of difference. It was so strange. It was a bizarre thing. Like, you, the people that wanted to go couldn't go anymore. And it was like, okay, I guess it's all Hollywood now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've only been to one Comic Con in my life. And uh, that was like very, very early 2000s. I'm going to say it was like 2006 or seven. Hmm. Wasn't that Greg? Probably. Well, yeah, like, that would put you, that would put you six, 16, 17. Yeah, you would have been about 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Yeah, it was something yeah, like that. That's and about right. ever since then, I've never been able to get my hands on another ticket because it's they, tough. Just, they sell out too fast. And it's just, yeah. I'm not I'm not ready for it when it happens. And it's like, just yeah. boom, yeah. gone. Same. Super yep. popular. Yeah, it, if this. It, if this dates it, if any of you nerds out there can tell me, probably uh, Dave or Scott can can time this for me. The Comic-Con that I went to, they were promoting the premiere of True Blood. It oh, hadn't oh, been released oh, no. yet, and they okay. were there in full force pushing True Blood, and they were giving out like fruit punch in bottles that were labeled as true blood. And that was like a big deal that summer was true blood was coming, this new vampire show and nobody knew anything about it and what was going on. And that was, that was the one thing I remember that. And, uh, you want an Xbox? I want an Xbox. I was just walking through the convention and some guy was at a booth and he was like, Hey, do you want to enter to win an Xbox? And I was like, sure. And I just walked up and he scanned my badge. And then like, probably four five months later i get an email that says that i won the raffle for a uh terminator sarah connor's chronicle edition xbox 360 wow it had had like a terminator face um painted on the side with the logo going across it and i put it up on ebay and sold it for like eight or nine hundred dollars i was gonna i was gonna say and and, and nika the 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 collector of rarities that he is stuck it right up on his wall and it holds a hallow hallowed place in his in his collection now. at that time i didn't have an xbox and i was like fuck yeah and i i put it up on ebay i sold it for like eight something nine hundred dollars turned around and bought a brand new regular xbox and a grip of games and like the xbox live service so i could play <laughs> online and i was i just like funded my summer off of that one uh just random i didn't even go to look just some guy was like hey you kid come here and just scanned my badge and i was stoked <laughs> after that all right so i have a connection to this i met anna paquin no yeah. the actress at at um uh, the Long Beach Grand Prix. Yeah, I was there. Yep, yeah. we took pictures with her. So we, nice. Yep, she she, she's about five one and like ninety five pounds. She's a tiny little thing, and she was so kind and just courteous and gracious. And then we were like, "Can we? Would it be weird if we could take a picture with you?" She's oh no, at all. It's fine. Gets her sunglasses out of her purse, and then she's like, adopts this cold like movie star look, like. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny because it's like a regular it's like talking to your neighbor and then all of a sudden you know we uh but she was we really there together out. and we got pictures together and uh right after that i just need to add to the story because steve wants to leave this out we all <laughs> got to drink out of the giant 
celebrity trophy, right. <laughs> a champagne bottle. Yes. When uh, who was it, Adam? Uh, uh, oh, it was the guy that. Oh man, he's a B. He's a he's a character actor. He's in so many movies. He's on. Uh, oh, God, the guy that. Hey, Karen, what's the K Rock guy? Adam Corolla. 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 Yeah. Oh, was it Corolla that won that year? Okay, I was thinking about something else. Yeah. All right. So they came right. over and with the show Adam with Corolla. Trophy. Yeah. 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 I got I got pictures. We will share that on the Hive page of us drinking out of the champagne bottle with Adam Corolla. That was fun. <laughs> that's that's a huge to fame. bottle. Right? That was the big. Didn't they hand it to yeah. Lisa? Lisa held it for like hold this, and she like yeah. It's just like a baby. It's like he's huge bottle. Yeah, he's like, you want to drink out of this? Something we don't know about anymore in the Corona days here, but uh, yeah, we all shared off that. I was gonna say, and then you guys all got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Don't share drinks. Don't share food. Don't do do this, people. (laughs) That was COVID eighteen because we all know that they number them sequentially. It's not named after the year at all. There's that was COVID eighteen is what it was. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't understand why we don't have this figured out by now. It's COVID nineteen, not COVID two or three. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Greg, uh, movies aren't the only thing that they promote. Or sorry, Dave, 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 Dave. um, Movies aren't the only thing they promote at these events at Comic Con. there's a lot of television there, and I think you've got a story about a show that we all love. That's uh, it's it's a sort of a, a cult classic now. I guess Lost. Lost, one of my favorite shows from the uh, from the aughts, and I, I guess I'm carving out a niche for myself here as the nostalgia person because I'm not ever talking about something that's happening now. I always manage to find some article that is about something that happened previously, but. I well, we all have to reminisce about times that are good, Dave. So yeah, that's fair. Because there's nothing, there's there's nothing fucking going on right now. That's for damn sure. Uh, but I I found an article, and this was a story I did not know about Lost, which is that uh, the show, which ran for six memorable seasons, not all memorable in a good way, but six memorable seasons on ABC. Uh, Damon Lindelof, who was the creator and showrunner for it. He initially pitched it as a three-season show. That was what he wanted to do. And ABC's response was, are you nuts? You you want to cancel a show that's making money? Nobody does that. That's insane. And the only reason they were able to negotiate an end date, as it turned out, was that he was under contract as a showrunner for only the first two seasons. So when the time came to re-up, he signed a one-year re-up. And then they wanted to keep him on for the whole thing, and it became a negotiation over when when do we wind this up? We have to set a finite end for it. And that was that was actually a big deal. Lost was in its third season, and ABC announced, yes, we've renewed it for a fourth season, and we are also guaranteeing right now that the show will only run through season six. It had an end date and an end game. And that is a – when you think about where TV is at right now, in terms of the the golden age or event television or whatever, these kind of compressed seasons where they're between 10 and 15 episodes and they run for a finite set of time. You know, you have a Breaking Bad or a Mad Men or even a, a Better Call Saul right now. All of that in some ways came about because of what worked and what didn't work on Lost. Lost, very clearly, for those of us who love the show, Lost went on for too long. And ABC yeah. originally wanted it to run for 10 seasons, according to this article, and it got negotiated down to six. Well, so I have never watched Lost. Well, I, no, I take that back. I watched what? part of the first season of Lost. Um, 
it was it was a, it was a long. Those were the days of long seasons, and I and I think that that like Dave was talking about the event television, and specifically it, what started with like the Sopranos model is you don't do more than ten episodes, and I really yes. appreciate that model. But Lost was still the old the old 20 episodes every season and they did six of those. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of TV to catch up on guys. Oh yeah. But, they, they, they did like the whole Lindelof also did the, the leftovers for HBO and he makes a point there. Like we were, we did the entire run of leftovers basically in a season and a half of lost. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, but, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that it, it, no, that's a great point you're making. That, well, that's let, okay. Go, go let ahead. Me, Scott. Me, yeah. Let me just throw a little, like, a couple of tidbits in there. And one of them was the old way of doing television. Network television was, usually somewhere between 20 to 26 episodes a season. Mm-hmm. I think that was standard. They'd take a couple breaks during uh, the holidays, Christmas. Um, and, and then they had their like their marketing months, their, their big months. I think that's how network television used to be the standard. Sweeps. And then it sweeps. Yeah, the sweeps. sweeps. Yeah, that's right. So that all changed, and we got the shorter seasons, and we got the longer episodes and the more dramatic, and like HBOs and, and uh, the cable networks and stuff. But Lost was one of those just rarities that I think there was a, a, a like the perfect storm of a bunch of weird shit happening at once. And one was it was created by J.J. Abrams and Linden, Lindenloff and, and a few other people were involved. And I think they, they, there are articles and some great interviews out there with all of those guys talking about like I'm, and I, I know we, we get a little raw on this show, but I'm going to just say it that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing like they came up with this great idea and they didn't know if they were going to get picked up. And they actually have talked about saying like, suddenly the, the, you know, the, the uh, network was out there saying, well, we want you, we want to, we're going to continue for three seasons. And then it, it expanded to six seasons. And, mm-hmm. and at one point mm-hmm. they're like, man, we didn't write past one season. Like there was a point where they didn't really know they had an idea, but didn't have the episodes. They didn't even have the outlines out there. And it was just fantastic to read some of that stuff. I'm, digging through my garage and doing some archiving and found some old lost interviews in entertainment weekly and premiere and a few other magazines. And Holy crap, man, those are great interviews talking about guys just really winging it. And what ended up being a fantastic show that kind of fizzled for some people, but it's still, I mean, there are some dramatic things in the last couple episodes seasons of that show, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a great, historical document to look back at that show and just go wow there were a lot of people that were really excited at the beginning but didn't know what the hell they were really getting themselves into and then ended up with six seasons of really like event television so, so well, and, what, and, and, one 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 thing that cracks me up scott sorry steve but okay. just to build on what you're saying there uh, yeah. what the structure of the show once they got past the pilot famously is that flashbacks Right. It's it's told in a nonlinear fashion. And yes, Lindelof talks about in this interview how they knew that had a shelf life. They were like, look, we can do flashbacks for a while, but it's just going to get stupid. And we you you need to have a way to switch it up. And they did find a way to switch it up uh, at the end of season three, which I thought was was really good. No spoilers there for people for people who may not have watched the show yet. Oh, but, I can put up the spoiler alert if you need me to. No, no, no but. but what the cons? What when they were done with Lost, they went on. To, there was a show that premiered after that on ABC called Once Upon a Time that was about the fairy tale characters, and I was never able to get into the show because the first time I watched it, it was structured the exact same way Lost was, and I was just like, I am done with this. I cannot do this format. 
again, they really should have gone a different direction with it. And I'm getting a bunch of thumbs up on the cameras right now. So I'm glad I'm not the only person who felt that way. All right. So, so famously also, I will add in addition to the flashbacks, the ending of lost was very controversial. A lot of people had a problem with it. And so before I go to this next story, have all of you seen the ending? Or are you familiar with the ending of Lost? I know no. how Lost ended. Yes, I, I do. And Nico? No, I never made it past uh, when they found the village. Like they, when, right. they, when they made it out of the beach or, or off the beach into the jungle and then they found the village. And the last season I remember was there was like a hatch into the ground and then they opened the hatch and so, then I oh. lost interest. And Dave and Scott, I have a feeling you know the, the ending of Lost. All right, that brings us to this. It's a little game we like to call Star Wars Choices. Think of a hard choice you'll face in the near future. You must choose. Okay, would you rather be intimate with a Wookiee? Choose wisely. Or be intimate with Ula, but Jabba gets to watch? I just assume he's a Wookiee. Why do I have to choose? Star Wars Choices. <laughs> Dave doing a little dance on the Wretched Hive that was, podcast. All right. That, that was that was my impersonation of Greg doing a little dance, to that be was fair. Strong. <laughs> uh, guys, which series had the better ending? Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Lost? <laughs> <laughs> or the, the Rise of Skywalker? Oh, shit. Both J.J. Abrams debacles. Which series? J.J. <laughs> Abrams, who is not known for sticking the landing. Let's just be honest here, folks. No <sighs> doubt about it. Greg, I'm going to call on you first, Greg. What do you say? Lost are we, are, or The Rise of Skywalker? Better. Are we going with the ironic ending or with the or the ironic decision or the actual decision? That's Which, your <laughs> choice. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, Lost left people confused. And Rise of Skywalker, she's a Palpatine? What the <laughs> So, I, 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 I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say unironically in this case that that the rise of Skywalker is a better ending than Lost was. All right. Lo Lost is. Uh, I, I like. I said. I know the ending. Kind of hot garbage. I'm, I'm gonna call it lukewarm garbage. That's what I'm doing. Right. Lukewarm keep garbage. Your, keep your opinions to yourself. That's all right. You. All right. The rise of Skywalker. Scott. Damn it! I knew you were gonna call me next. Lost or rise of Skywalker. God, this is this is unbelievably hard. I cannot believe this is happening right now. Um, That's why I, it's Star Wars choices, Scott. I seriously, I can't believe I was going to pick Lost, but then I started to realize what happened on that last episode, and I'm like, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but the kinda, Rise of Skywalker kinda, kinda, was a little more stupid. Wow. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> stupid. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to call myself next. I'm going to leave. The smart ones for last. <laughs> I'm sort of average. Um, okay, I'm going to okay. go with Lost. I liked the ending of Lost. I was one of those weirdos that was like, I don't need it all spelled out for me. I Are you insane? I like the, <laughs> I liked the <laughs> mystery of it. Lost kicks ass on the Rise of Skywalker ending. There you go. Okay, Dave, what say you? Uh, I will also go with the rise of Skywalker, but, but I do want to say <laughs> I did not, I did not enjoy or like the lost ending when I was watching the TV show. 
as it was intended to be. You watch an episode every week. You wait like four months between seasons. Didn't much care for it. And about five or six years ago, I binged Lost on Netflix. So I got to watch the whole thing like in consecutive order. And it worked a hell of a lot better doing it that way. And I would love to see a cut of Lost where they re-edit everything so that it happens in chronological order instead of episodic order. Mm. So all, the flash, get... all the flashbacks are cut out and we just see everything happen in chrono order. All the way back yep. to the beginning of time to the last season. Okay. okay. Before you get to Nico, I want to jump on that because... I'm rewatching Lost right now, and we're going to be starting season two shortly. So I'm kind of in that boat right now, but I still am not a fan of that ending. So I'm curious wait, wait, to see you're, you're in that boat. Right I'm now. in that boat with Lost. Huh? Okay. All right. I'm heading towards that island right now. With, with the others, Scott? You're in the boat with the others? Mm. I am. I'm with the others. Well, that's, that's just great, but. We're going to have to take the boy. <laughs> All right, Nico, you're the deciding vote. Which is the better ending, Lost or The Rise of Skywalker? Well, I've seen The Rise of Skywalker. I wasn't impressed. I haven't seen Lost. So given that, those two facts about those <laughs> don't, don't two... Leave, don't leave me on an island those here. Those two things. Nico. I'm going to have to say that the better ending was the sopranos <laughs> <laughs> this is bad star wars choices no not yet not yet cut, no, no? Cut, cut the music cut not the yet. music not we yet. Got one more sir anthony what did you think oh. of the lost ending ending sir anthony's got a pipe in about the lost ending what do you uh, think what do you what do you want now Daniels. Yeah. No. Okay. I guess he's not a fan. Son of a. Uh, is he? Is he? Yeah, man. Has he isolated the main power converter yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not every Star Wars podcast that has this high quality of of of, of entertainment that we offer on the Wretched Hive podcast. Well, it, it's actually a treat for me. There you but, go. <laughs> that we finally we agree. I, I, I will close off with e for okay, all the so flaws that exist on Lost, it still brought so much joy, so much mystery, so much speculation. I mean, it, it was it TV for a good three or four years yeah. for, for anybody who watched television at all. There was a lot of Lost discussion, and I was I I was no pun intended lost to it all because I just didn't mm. watch the show. So I. I I will also throw out just as a segue, uh, Lindelof has gone on to do a lot of really notable things in television, and most recently, he was the showrunner for HBO's Watchmen limited series, which, no joke, Ooh. that is one of the best things I have seen on television in the yeah. last five years. And yeah, if you no, I, I would it, agree. Yeah, yeah. did that come from Lucasfilm? Did it come from Lucasfilm? Okay. No, it came from okay, Warner well, Brothers. Dipshit. Two things. I, I'm with you guys 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a soundboard, not me. Dickhead. Fuck you, Scott. Hey, I got my you... first dipshit out of Dave. It's, it's been a couple months. I, I've, I've, I've been christened once again. Digging through wow. the, uh, the Southern California Rancho Obi-Wan, my garage, basically. Rancho um, Obi-Wan South. Sure. So that's right. <laughs> I have literally come across multiple magazines where I've been reading about Lost, and I have the issue where they actually printed the entire like it's it's like a Playboy pullout 
of the plane of every seat in the plane. I'm gonna have to post this to oh, you for you guys. That's cool. I want to see and that. It talks, oh, it's great. It, there, yeah. I have so many of these articles, so I'm gonna have to send them over. But I want to add one more thing. Not only do we have the Star Wars choices. Nico ends this thing with one more extra controversial ending, and that is the Sopranos fucking ending, which is one of the most controversial endings in television history. So thank you, Nico, for that. So, so what do you anytime. guys think? Of the, what do you think of the Sopranos ending? I mean, I uh, I'll just throw it out there. I, I thought it was genius. I, oh, I fucking loved, loved it. it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm one of those guys. I, I don't need it hand fed to me. I like the ending of the mystery and the talk that happens after all that. Okay, wait, add, uh, Steve, add the spoilers. You need to put the spoiler alert right now. How long it's, has that show been, been like out? 15 20 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> well, something just happened recently, so we, we got to put it out there just for I mean, if you're going to force me to do it, I'll do it. It's fine. <laughs> Step away from your car speakers. <laughs> Step away from your headphones. It's a spoiler. So it, in a recent interview within the last month, uh, one of the showrunners of that um, show did mention they it, it actually. Was, it was the showrunner. It was the guy. It was, was the creator. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they did mention what actually happened to Tony Soprano, which nobody knew because of the way the ending was, but he's he farted. He's murdered. So. <laughs> That that was a that was a hit that was going down and that's what happened and I was so shocked that that actually came out I was like wow okay and he so told me that, but thanks, that interview that. It, it was like a transcript of a panel discussion and he didn't mean to say it like he said it and somebody reacted and he was like oh fuck I spilled the beans <laughs> yeah he totally did is it supposed to be a thing like he gets shot at that exact moment and as yeah. as he blacks out the screen blacks out is that what it's yep, supposed yep. to be yes yeah interesting spoiler alert on my end never seen the sopranos either it was, it was what? A day by yeah. Frank, what the fuck do you do with your day <laughs> you how have you not hey. seen these tv shows <laughs> i get out and, and, and have a and have a life that's what i do <laughs> i think i did get really controversial here greg for a minute um i too have never seen the sopranos and i still think it's a better ending than either of the other two options <laughs> <laughs> it is it absolutely also, is also also way, Nico, it was, it Egan, was... Egan bashes in glenn's skull with a baseball bat <laughs> in the walking dead it was hey david by the way chase, dave by the way, david chase was the show creator for the yes. hey, by the way, Dave, in um, Game of Thrones, the dragons become zombies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Blue-eyed dragon moment. Can, can, uh, can we just say this before we move on? The guys that have not seen these shows, watch these fucking shows. Seriously, they're so good. So good. Even if the endings fall a little bit, you're just... You got at least three seasons out of Lost that are going to be fucking phenomenal. And then... All of the Sopranos. Holy shit. You know, yeah. on, honestly, I think I could watch the Sopranos. But, you know, I and, and I know it, it was before it was cliche, but and like it was bordering on cliche even when the Sopranos started. So it, I, I, th I think that a lot of times you go back and you revisit, you revisit these older shows that are that are classic TV for their day and they were groundbreaking back in the day. But now it's been copied a bazillion times and I don't know if it would hold the same power as it would although i will say in with the modern the Sopranos, times though it's so jarring 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's still, I recently watched it again with, with uh, my lovely wife, Lisa, um, who hadn't seen the series at all. And she got to the end and she's like, Oh, this is the last episode. And, and, you know, uh, we threw the spoiler alert up there. You know, the family is sitting in this, in this diner and the daughter is pulling up in a car outside and this creepy guy walks in and there's all this stuff happening and it just stops. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's no ceremony yeah. about it at all. And it's like, what that, what that's it. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, shit, it was talked about for like months after that so, ending that yeah. that was one of those things. So, yeah, but so it was. It, yeah. go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's one of the shows I would definitely say is every season, even if there's a little lull in the season is fantastic. And you're not sitting through 26 episodes a season. You're yeah. sitting through what, 12 episodes at most, maybe. Yeah, they were they were famously short seasons, and they were and they were spread apart by like more than a year. It's not like it came back every year. Sometimes it was like a year and a half, almost two years before it finally came back. So there was a yeah. long time for that 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 show was on. So, um, yeah. I I would probably watch that before I would go back and watch Lost, to be honest, because so, watching a hundred and twenty episodes of Lost does not sound fun to me. So <laughs> poor James one thing I will say, too. one thing I will say on Sopranos, so great for you. The first season of Sopranos is fundamentally and structurally different from the entire rest of the series. Yeah, true. I think I've talked about this before, but it's it's because Tony Soprano's mother is alive in that first season, mm. and the actress who played his mother died like two episodes into production of the second season, and losing that element of the the crime family, you know, that Tony Soprano is a mobster who has you know issues with his mom that fundamentally shifted the show to become more of a, a traditional gangster family story, if you will. But that first season where it's about him having that troubled relationship with his mother and what that really means in a crime family, that is still spectacular storytelling. Let me just add this to that, Dave, because what's great about that is how they were able to save the show from that moment because that, that's happened a couple times in some of our shows that we've all loved, where a character, a very famous character in the show dies off, but in, in real life. But they were able to take what they were starting with that first season. And even if, if it changes drastically, it still is sprinkled and filtered through all, whatever, 10 seasons of that thing. Good God, that show is just dramatic. And what I loved about it was the difference that you get from a standard, like, like Greg, you mentioned it'd be hard to go back to watching something like that. But that's like saying you didn't want to go back and watch the Godfather one time after seeing it 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's one of those films that resonates. That's a series that resonates so fucking hard, like character yeah. and, and just, it's not one of those shows where you look back and go, wow, this is kind of weak. Now it's 20 years later or whatever. And, I, and I, Dave, right. V and V the final battle. <laughs> I, I see that, Scott, and I and I will always go back and watch The Godfather because I kind of know what I'm getting into. Um, yeah. But I, I talked to somebody who only watched The Godfather for the for the first time, you know, recently, and it wasn't like last month or anything. It was a while, but it 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 was like, huh, you know, non very much nonplussed with it. Didn't think it was bad, but super not impressed. And I was like, well, okay. 
but that's... but because it is it's 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 the original it's the, it's it's where it all comes from is the godfather even the sopranos yeah. comes from the godfather so. all of the cliches are on are on display in the godfather just got yeah. this out for james gandolfini i looked him up really quick died in, in uh, 2013 he had a heart attack he's a big man uh had yeah. a heart attack he was 51 yeah oh shit young Ooh. man young Ooh. man 51 years old so sad yeah. Uh, yeah. Go back and check out uh, the the uh, Sopranos. So 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 good. You will not. Also be- had a wonderful uh, kind of a cameo spot in True Romance. What a what a great. <laughs> That's great right. Moment. The hotel room. The hotel room fight scene. Yeah. God, the cast of True Romance, like that. That's oh, total aside, but the cast of True Romance is just sick and ridiculous. One of Brad Pitt's best roles. Oh. <laughs> Brad Pitt is so good in that movie. What about, Anybody what about Val Kilmer's best roles? Yes. Yes. God. And and you get Christopher Walken squaring off with Dennis Hopper in that film. Jesus, that right. movie is great. Listen, listen to this cast. You got Christian Slater, of course, who's currently starring in uh, Oh, uh, Dirty John. Yeah, I was gonna so say, cool. isn't it like a lifetime series or something yep. like that? He's 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 very good. I think it might be on I don't think it's on Netflix, maybe Hulu or something. Um, Patricia Arquette, of course, a young, mm-hmm. very young Patricia Arquette. Alabama. Uh, yep. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Gary Oldman. Unrecognizable. Oh. <laughs> With dread. One of the greatest <laughs> Gary Oldman roles of all fucking time. Seriously. Uh, of course, Brad Pitt. We just mentioned Christopher Walken. Bronson Pinchot. It's not any <laughs> Samuel <laughs> effing Jackson. Yep. Michael Rapaport. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Pause, Steve, before you go ahead. Um, why did you censor yourself on Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson? You pronounce his <laughs> name wrong. I, I let you guys. I let you guys handle that. Um, Saul Rubinek, Conchetta Farrell, James Gandolfini, Anna Thompson, and Victor Argo round out the uh, top. I think Chris uh, Penn is in there. Yeah, Chris Penn and Tom Sizemore and mm. holy shit, there's got to be a couple other people in yeah, this. Yeah, you're, right. you're right. That's right. Is that is that is that the is that the first appearance of De- Detective Skagnetti? Is that where that is? I think is he, so. Is he Skagnetti in True Romance? Or wait, well, no, no, he he's Skagnetti yeah, he, in in Natural Born Killers. He's Skagnetti again, but I think he's also Skagnetti in True Romance. That's right. He doesn't die in that film. He's one of the few characters that doesn't die in that moment, <laughs> which is unbelievable because a lot of people die in that last scene. Yeah. So if you if you don't recognize the name, and I'll go I'll go into it quickly. So the the True Romance script is a script by Quentin Tarantino. It's directed by Tony Scott, so it's not a true Tarantino film, but it's a script that was written by Quentin Tarantino. And the characters that are in True Romance are are characters that show up again in later in later films. They talk about Alabama, the Patricia Arquette character. They talk about her in Reservoir Dogs. They have, there's Detective Scagnetti who ends up in Natural Born Killers, which is another sold script that, of of Quentin Tarantino's that was directed by Oliver Stone. Um, uh, who else is in is in there? That's I forget who else is in there. But a, a lot of it's it's very much a Tarantino esque film. Um, well, I think the the if you take the the writer and the director and you and you think of the ultimate mashup, it is Pulp Fiction meets Top Gun. So there you go. It, it, yeah. it, 
<laughs> it's a it's a legit four star movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it doubt. really is. Fantastic, and one of the best soundtracks out there too. By the way, yeah. Oh yeah. Great. And I think Tarantino, I think I one of the the commentary tracks I listened to once. He wrote the script specifically to sell it. So that he could make either Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction, like he got the uh, he got the seed. I, th- money I think it was Reservoir to become, Dogs to yeah. become a yep. director by selling True Romance. That's the story. He's as he as he was working in a blockbuster video in Redondo Beach, he sold two <laughs> scripts. One was True Romance. The other was Natural Born Killers, which went on to become the Oliver Stone Stone film. Um, which, if you ever want to see, is a fantastic film in itself. See is the director. It? Well. Yes, we can argue this on another show, but I want to say if you do see it, see the director's cut because there are absolute Tarantino scenes that were cut out of that film, which are fantastic. I and myself that, just think that Oliver Stone realized he did not have a winner on his hand and was like, this doesn't make any sense. I'll just put in some footage of giant rabbits. People will think it's bizarre. <laughs> and that's that's how you wind up with the movie. True. All right. T- talking about great movies and four star movies. I think we would all agree the original Batman with Michael Keaton, four-star movie. And some guy named Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Jack Nicholson, somebody? Keep, Joker. Keep, an eye, keep an eye on him. He might be going somewhere. Uh, and, and <laughs> to the Scott, grave, maybe. You wanted to talk about, there's some news about Michael Keaton and Batman that, that uh, hit the airwaves lately. What do you got there, Scott? Yeah, uh, well, I want to talk about a few things, but this is definitely one of them. Um, I it, Michael Keaton was in the news uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was, uh, talking about reprising his role as Batman in what looks to be the upcoming Flash movie, which would be the continuing saga of the DC Cinematic Universe. Is that correct? Um well, the next one to come out will be Wonder Woman, but after that, I think that's a big goose egg as far as what they... Uh... No, no, there's a Suicide Squad movie too. I'm sorry. So, so uh, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, and then question mark. I'm gonna call it the DC sort of universe, not the DC sort cinematic of. universe. The DC That's sort fair. of universe. That's fair. I think I think we should go with that because it is talking about him being in reprising the role of Bruce Wayne in the Flash film. So I'm curious how that's gonna work out with the way things have been changing up. Obviously <laughs> with uh, COVID-19 and the way the, the movie industry has changed quite a bit, but also the way Warner Brothers and DC has been handling their franchise here. Um, but what is speculation is if it does change up, one of the things people have been talking about, and this is, I'm going to go into kind of rumor territory here, is he's also kind of been brought up a few times as the possible older Bruce Wayne in a Batman, what is it, um, Batman Be- uh, Beyond Batman or... Um, Oh my goodness! Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. The, the cartoon the, one. Yeah, the older version of the new Batman, where Batman hands off the mantle to a younger Batman uh, Beyond. Character. Now, yeah, how I does can't... this line up? How does this line up with the Rob Pattinson movie, The Batman, that's coming out next year? How does that all line up? So the the idea is that the Flash movie is Rob going Pattinson's based around... Batman will sparkle. Yes, Rob Pattinson's Batman will sparkle. True that. But there, there's a, a famous Flash story called Flashpoint, where he uh, creates a divergent reality or a multiverse, if you will. So I, I think the idea of the Flash movie is that they're going to do a Flashpoint story, and that gives them an opportunity to revisit, you know, for fun, like uh, the DC TV shows just did, 
all of these past DC film properties. So maybe we'll go back and we'll see the Michael Keaton from, uh, you know, the Tim Burton movies of the late 80s, early 90s, 30 years later as an old, bitter Michael Keaton. Mm. Still pissed he didn't win an Oscar for Birdman. Love it. Yeah, so some of the things brought up about it is the the speculative uh, the the date that they're talking about is July first, twenty twenty two. So we got a ways off here, but Dave's right. Um, what they're looking at is Rob Pattinson's Batman is going to still be the new Batman, but this is just possibly going to be this Flashpoint alternate Batman that we've seen in the past just come into a different. You know who it, I think multiverse as Batman though. Mm, Well, who I would love to see him play Batman, though, is, yes, he will be playing Batman, but I would love to see him play a Thomas Wayne Batman. Doesn't that happen in the Flashpoint? Oh, it could. Doesn't Flash go back to when, okay, there's a moment in time where Thomas and Martha don't die Mm. and then Wayne dies as a younger, like a young boy when he falls down the well? And then huh. uh, Thomas becomes the Batman. I, honestly, I, I lost track after a certain time that, with with DC. But, Fla- Flashpoint. Yeah. There, I think there is a story like that, and that to me, that's the fun of uh, the Flashpoint concept is you can go back and get these kind of alternate realities or, or points in the multiverse where things did don't quite line up with how we expected them to. The idea being, of course, you know, a butterfly flaps its wings in China, and there's a hurricane in North America. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or a bat takes a shit in China and there's a pandemic in America. That's the plot of Contagion. <laughs> That's the plot of Contagion. Oh, that is sorry, not wrong. what happened to <laughs> That's that nothing to do with Flashpoint. So the funny thing about the Flashpoint, though, is they actually already covered the subject in the TV show, The Flash. Right? Wasn't that season three or something like that? Yes. Has, was anyone keeping up with that? Oh, I stopped watching that show a long time ago. <laughs> I, I, I'm on I'm on IMDb with the Batman. Check this out. I had no idea this was going on. Okay, so we got Pattinson uh, obviously as Batman. Yep. Yeah. Zo- Zoe Kravitz, whom I love, she's mm-hmm. she's great. Catwoman. She's oh. in this movie as Catwoman. Interesting. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Because he did so good as a as a bullseye, just put him in as the Penguin. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright uh, as as uh, Commissioner Gordon. That works. I like that. Right, it's good. Uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, and then uh, that could be interesting. And then Andy Sarkis as uh, Alfred, Alfred Pennyworth. If Andy, if Andy Sarkis is not Gorilla Grodd, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. I didn't know they were bringing in the other uh, sort of the, the, you know, the other tangential characters to the Batman universe. That's pretty fun. Oh, dear um, God, there are in, so many Batman villains out there, Steve, seriously. In nerd <laughs> fandoms, we call them the rogues gallery, Steve. Yes. Those are those all the bad guys. Thank you, sir. That is a rogues gallery for sure it is. So they're going to have Catwoman, who's always kind of a, a tweener, and Riddler and the Penguin all in the same uh, movie. Didn't yep. they learn anything from Batman Forever? I was going to say either that or Spider-Man 3. What the hell oh, is going on? Jesus Too many Christ, guys, come on. Man. Pick a lane, guys. Mm. We'll see where we'll see where that goes. All right, Scott. What anyway, else? Got? Were you was that covered? Did you cover everything? 
You want well, to, I, uh, I did want to bring up that? one other thing. I don't mean to go down on a on a on a uh, go out on a down note, but um, wow. did you just say you don't mean to go down? Mm. Yeah, that's not, not what your mother said last night. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, but guys, we sadly we have some uh, some sad news here. Um, a few a uh, few weeks ago, we lost one of the greats, and I'm going to say this. I'm not going to step on this guy's grave. He is one of the greats. Joel Schumacher has passed away. Mm. And uh, I want to bring up some of the films that he's brought up besides the two Batman films, which are much uh, maligned. But he has done films such as St. Elmo's Fire. uh, One of my all-time favorites, The Lost Boys. One of my uh, all-time, like, kind of like almost indie type film, but just really bizarre and creepy was a film he did called falling down with Michael Douglas. Oh, that movie is insane. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That was jo- Wait, that was Joel Schumacher. That was yeah. Joel. Schumacher. Sure was. Yeah. Sure was. Oh. But of course he did the classic Batman and Robin. So <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. I, I introduced the world to a- bat nipples guys. Don't forget about flatliners. That's where I thought you were going with kind of weird and creepy. I was like, Oh yeah. Flatliners was a weird and creepy movie. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, time but to kill. It, oh, that's the uh, shoot. What's his name? The, the uh, John Grisham. Grisham. Yes. Thank yeah, you. Grisham, that was, no. And that was a yep. solid Grisham adaptation. Yeah, it really was. Actually. Jesus Christ. Going way back. He directed The Wiz with Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Holy I believe shit. That was his oh. first film, wasn't it? Uh, also, Car Wash with George Carlin and Richard Pryor. That was earlier. At the Car Wash. <laughs> that's that's there you go. You got it. Mm-hmm. He did. He also directed Tigerland, which starred a very young Colin Farrell. Mm. Colin Farrell, mm. Irish Irish bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he definitely had Irish. Come on, man. <laughs> he had a wonderful career. Uh, obviously controversial in many ways, but uh, you know, just some great films out there. Lost Boys still stands as one of my all-time favorite vampire films. Lost Boys is. A great flick. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. just passed away last week, June 22nd. Was that last week? Age 80. Well, two weeks ago now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I've got pandemic brain, so I feel like it's been six months. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know, that is, that is kind of a dance. It's a real, that's, that's a bummer. The guy had a great career. Batman movies aside, he had a great career. Congratulations yeah. to him. But I can't let it go out on that note, guys. I have to, I have to say this because we would be remiss. Not to mention today's date, July 1st, being the birth date of one Lord of the Dark Sith, 85 years old today, David Prowse, guys. Wow. Wow. David Prowse, really? still alive. Still <laughs> kicking. Are they Wait. letting him in uh, any Star Wars cons yet? <laughs> no, still not. Burned. Still persona non grata, if you will. But uh, well, I, I believe Mr. Prowse retired from public life. I think he's in bad shape. I think he's. I think he's going full uh, Peter Mayhew. So, I mean, he did. Uh, you know, he did give. <laughs> he did give up the uh, Luke. I am your father. Moment to some like British rag magazine. <laughs> so, he did. Lucas he did. So. Lucasfilm pretty much uh, divorced him at that point. So, Greg, are you saying today will be a day long remembered? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying today should be a day long remembered, Dave. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> well played. 
All right, guys, uh, we've come to this. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Yahoo! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys... I was say, this is exactly why you came back, isn't it? You're really upset that I'm back now. <laughs> <laughs> is this the moment uh, where Greg says, oh, I didn't prepare a tweet of the week for the show tonight, Steve? Oh, I have one. Here it is. It's this right here. Okay. I think all of you should be in a psych ward right the heck now. <laughs> uh, this tweet comes from Emo Kylo Ren, guys. Oh, God, he's still around? <laughs> yeah, barely. I'm happy. <laughs> Emo Kylo Ren says, Disney can take my memories. I don't want them. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, can Disney have my memories of 2020? Because I don't want yeah. those. No kidding. Good Lord. Can we move on? When's 2021 coming? I was going to say, we are only halfway through this year, guys. And you, you know what? When, when the ball drops on 2020, we're heading into 2021, you cannot shout, Happy New Year. You have to shout Jumanji because it's the only way we're going to get out of this fucking game <laughs> once and for all. Is there an election coming up in a few months? Yes. Shut your mouth, you dirty whore. Maybe Wait that'll a minute. Be, maybe that'll be something to look forward to. Does it all have to be uh, mail-in polls, voter polls? Are we going to be able to vote in person? 123 days from the date of this this show airing. 123 days. Well, if, if uh, the Republican Party had their way, I don't think anyone would be able to mail-in votes. You'd have to... You'd have to go to the polls. Well, the way things We're are removing going our now, freedoms and stomping on our con- constitutional rights by... That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anthony, yeah. what what is uh hey Daniels, what do you what oh, do you think about oh. mail in what do you think about mail in voting, Daniels? Um no, not so much. I oh. knew it! Oh <laughs> what a jerk. Get out of here, Daniels. Get out. Golden <laughs> jerk. Uh if you've ever cursed at Anthony Daniels. <laughs> please, please call the Wretched Hive hotline. And tell us all about it at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E and can't, can't spell HIVE. You got them right. You can also find us online at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive podcast. We're on. That's right. And um, you can find us on Twitter at Wretched Hive pod. You can find us on Instagram at Wretched Hive 77. And you can find us... Uh, at Scott's house in his garage in uh, Rancho Obi-Wan South. Rancho Obi-Wan <laughs> South. Boxes. Guys, episode 155 is in the books. Final thoughts, people. Oh, I'm so glad you're I back. Forgot, I forgot the client, man. Joel Schumacher, the client. Oh, so, a good one, too. Do it over. Steve. Start over again, guys. Steve's back. Yeah. All right, we'll start over. We'll start over. Welcome to the Wretched Hive. <laughs> do it live. I got a bad feeling about this. Guys, I missed you. It's so good to have you back, man. That, make, that makes one of us.
(laughs) (laughs) Folks, have a great couple of weeks. Wear your masks, social distance, and may the force be with us all. Are you insane? (laughs) So you haven't been in carbonite. You've just been drinking. Mm, No, it's just tonight. Mm -hmm. Stay at home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that. I love that whole thing.